It's the first time that I'm making money off of a content creation, and that definitely helped a lot. Feels good. Yeah, it feels really good. And it meant that I could justify spending so much time on it. This is Going Live. I'm Mike Washburn. As always, be sure to visit me when I go live myself on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Mr. Washburn. We can chat about this interview or any other interview and who you might want to hear from on the podcast next. That's twitch.tv slash Mr. Washburn. All the links for how to reach me are in the show notes. So you're about to hear a conversation with Twiggy. She is engaging and endearing and super kind. And I really enjoyed talking to her about what she's doing with her team, The Nook. They're doing things a little bit differently. And I wanted to dive deep into that because I think that there's a power of community that lies in the actual stream team itself that people are not tapping into very well. And the Nook is doing that in a really creative, interesting, powerful way that is actually having an impact not just on the viewers of all of these individual streamers, but is having an impact on the people on the team and is also having pretty large impact on the outside world. They do charity events and raise tons of money for important causes. And so you're seeing a really great example in the nook of people just doing it well and doing it differently. And I was so happy to take a dive into that with her. We talked about mental health, about taking days off and the ridiculous expectations that streaming culture has created in order to think that this is how you be successful at streaming and how generally ridiculous some of those expectations are. It was an absolutely fabulous conversation, uh, and I'm so glad that we had a chance to have it. So when I come back, take a listen to my conversation with Twiggy. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My guest is a full-time streamer and a student from Norway. She plays anything from horror games to simulation games. She plays Minecraft and RPGs. She's also the co-founder of The Nook stream team, and I'm excited to talk to her about that. Welcome to Going Live, Twiggy. Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Um, so I just did like the Twiggy 101. Why don't you give us a little bit more of your background, why you got into streaming and your background in streaming and, and kind of what brought you to us connecting today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started streaming in April of 2018. And streaming is definitely not the first like creative content creation that I've ever done. Like I, mm. I have basically gone through all of all of the different things. I did blogs, I did vlogs on YouTube when they were popular. I did photography, I've done writing, I've done forums. Like I, I've basically done all of it. Um, and in April of 2018, I was unemployed and I was waiting for my studies to start. Uh, they started in August that same year. 
And I just got a new computer. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything to do like with my days. So streaming just sort oh, of felt not? like something that I wanted. I always wanted to do it. And it just felt like the right time. So I just went for it. And it worked out really well doing it like aside from school because it's very flexible. I could do it during night and, you know, set your own hours and, and all of that. So the combination of doing student, being a student and being a streamer worked out really well for me. Um, so yeah, I'm just coming up on my three-year anniversary, so I've been sticking with it for a while now. That's exciting. Congratulations. So it's kind of in your blood uh, yeah. a little bit, which actually reminds me of me because I, you know, I actually call myself now when people ask me, what do I do? I say, well, I'm kind of an educational content creator because, <laughs> you know, I went from teaching in a classroom to all I really do now is audio and video stuff and streaming. So, right. um, I mean, that's kind of what I am, but I've been doing blogs and stuff for decades. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of in your blood. Have you always had a passion for, you know, content creation in whatever form that took, I guess? Yes, I've always had like, I, I've always needed a creative outlet, uh, which I yeah. think a lot of people can relate to. And for me, that creative outlet was never drawing. It was never, never anything like physically creative, but it was just like creating something. And since I kind of grew up on the internet, it kind of became a natural thing to do content creation on the internet. So yeah, it's always been, I've always been like super passionate about what everything I'd be doing at the moment. And I've always like jumped from thing to thing to thing. And streaming is the thing that I've stuck with by far the longest. So um, that bodes well. <laughs> Does it does it have anything to do, do you think, with like, I mean, it's almost impossible to make money on a blog, for example. Mm -hmm. It's almost, it, it's very hard to make money in content creation in general and discoverability is, is difficult and to make a full-time income in content creation is, is tough. But, you know, does it have to do with, I, I, I mean, you've, you've done quite well in streaming and, and I feel like it seems like there's some success there. So is it tied, is your longevity in streaming tied to like, maybe there's a bit of a financial success there, do you think? I think definitely, yes. Um, like I, I never made any money on any of the other things that I've been doing. Uh, I got yeah. published as a photographer in a couple of like indie magazines, but that was just for publicity. Um, my YouTube never got monetized. Um, I got a couple of like sponsors on my blog, but that was more free products in exchange for a review. So yeah, it's the first time that I'm making money off of a content creation and that definitely helped a lot. Feels good. Yeah, feels it good. feels really good. <laughs> and it meant that I could, I could sort of justify spending so much time on it. Because anyone who's streamed knows that you can't make it as a streamer without spending a stupid amount of time on it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. I was actually having a conversation with someone on Twitter um, just yesterday. Like I'm sitting in front of like a $10,000 desk. Uh, I mean, it's just a ridiculous amount of money that I've yeah. spent. And and streamers, I, I mean, almost every streamer that I talk to and 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 the people that I know are this in the same boat. They're investing tons of time. So it must feel good that your passion is paying off a little, right? Oh, 100%. I remember the moment when I when I had successfully like paid off the the green screen, the microphone, the desk and the monitor that I bought specifically for streaming. Like being able to pay that off with the money that I made from streaming felt yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. And and so you go to school as well. Yes. So how do you balance that? How do you balance streaming and and schoolwork and and making all of that happen and and successful? So this semester has been quite easy because everything's been online. So the lectures are being recorded. So I can basically just watch those when I feel like it. Um, I'm a night owl, so I'm definitely at my most productive during nighttime. All of my exams and everything, I turn them in between 3 and 6 a.m. usually. (laughs) (laughs) So this semester and last, like being able to just like control that 100% myself has been really, really lovely. Uh, but back when we did have physical lectures, it's it kind of divided my day into two. So I had the daytime Twiggy, which was a student, and then I had nighttime Twiggy, yeah. who was a streamer. Um, so like schoolwork never made it into nighttime, and streaming never went, made it into daytime. So it had like a, a division based on the time of day back then. So you find the time management to be uh, not as much of a struggle. Do you do you think it's going to be a struggle when? schools go back like are you almost done or yeah. do you, are you gonna have to go back in person and do some more schoolwork? oh uh, i actually turn in my bachelor thesis um in june so i'll be done then uh, nice so i'm actually looking for a part-time job right now um which i imagine will be even easier to balance for me personally because with a job you're sort of when you go home you're done Whereas as a student, I, I think a lot of students can relate to this, that you always feel like kind of guilty about not studying during the daytime. I know I do, at least. So like it never really leaves my brain. Uh, the part-time job is going to be in kind of like the field that you went to school for, do you think? Or are you Hopefully. looking for work in like a, a different area altogether? Uh, right now, I'm applying for for most things. The ideal thing would be obviously to work in the field that I'm studying in. That would be perfect. But yeah. there's not a lot of part-time HR jobs for freshly educated people right now. <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately. <laughs> so you're gonna try to you're gonna try to make the streaming full-time the thing, right? Uh, that seems to be the way it's yeah, going. Yeah, that would be. It would be the absolute ideal for me uh, right now, for sure. That's awesome. Well, that would be exciting. So I enjoy your Twitter. I'm a, I'm a Twitter nut. People can follow. I, I have a I have a, a professional Twitter account. Um, at Mr. Washburn is like my my education Twitter account. I got like ten thousand followers on Twitter over there. Oh, oh nice. yeah, I'm very much active on Twitter on that side. And then my new my new streaming account, which is the weird side. Um, but I I followed <laughs> you and and have been like perusing your Twitter because. Uh, I think it's a really good way for people to get to know me for sure. Yeah. And I think it's a really good way to get to know what people are thinking. And and one of the things that really stood out to me is that you talk a lot on your Twitter about things like mental health, about taking days off. You're you're super public with that. Um, and and um, I, I think that that's interesting. I want to dive into that a little bit. First, the idea that taking days off when you're a streamer um, has historically been very, very tough and almost something you mm. were told not to do. So are you scared when you take days off, especially if you take two days off in a row? Does the panic set in at all? 
so much panic. <laughs> yeah. So I I know that that's something that especially new streamers they're they're very onto this idea that you have to stream almost every single day in order to get anywhere. Yeah. And that taking days off, you are like it is true. You are limiting the potential for people to find you. That that's how it is. Uh, you're only really discoverable on Twitch when you are live. So right. you are obviously risking some potential by taking days off. But um, as someone who has generalized anxiety disorder, I have to listen to my body. And I know that while sometimes streaming, even if I feel bad, can help. It can make me feel better. It can make me forget about all the stupid shit. Um, but sometimes the right thing to do is to take a day off and spend that on self-care and just not stressing about anything. So I am vocal about that because I think that the best way to destroy the mental health stigma is by talking about it and by sharing that, hey, this is something that I deal with and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that particularly in streaming, it's super important to to sort of almost set an example, which sounds cheesy, but it's also kind of true. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree that you can't be afraid to, to first off, to be yourself uh, in whatever mm. way that is. I, I remember when my first podcast kind of took off, I had to really make a decision about how I wanted to portray myself kind of in in on the internet um because i was a lot more public now and you know and just being legitimate and being honest and being genuine always seemed to me like the easiest thing to do so do do you feel like sharing you know i'm taking a day off i just can't do it today Uh, my heart's not Mm. in it um do you feel like your audience respects that do you get do you get a lot of feedback from your audience about you know you know, this idea that even though they might be disappointed that they can't watch you that day, that they're they're happy that you're, you know, that you're binge watching something on Netflix instead and <laughs> and 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 just hanging out. Absolutely. Uh, my community, they, you know, they care about me and they want me to do what's best for me. And uh, they always tell me that if I do stream, even if, if I don't feel like it, they will yell at me mm-hmm. and basically not make me cancel the stream, but they don't want me to stream if I'm not like super into it. Sure. Uh, so they always tell me like, feel better, take care of yourself. I'm happy that you're thinking about yourself. And actually the last time that I took a day off, I actually got a comment. Uh, someone replied to my Twitter and said, thank you for helping normalizing streamers prioritizing their well-being." Yeah. And I really like that because yeah, that's, kind of what we're trying to do yeah so yeah i think that my community definitely has a lot of respect for uh for doing that and they want me to do what's best for me which i'm very very thankful for that's awesome i've been i actually tweeted just recently about um uh physical fitness because i've been trying to get in shape a lot better and um i'm not allowing myself to stream unless i exercise that day so there are days right. there are days where i am scheduled to stream <laughs> but as a punishment for not doing what i needed to do <laughs> i'm not allowed to i'm not allowed to go live because i didn't get my ass up off the off the couch or out of my desk which is basically glued to me these days and stream so <laughs> so um you know i i think that we need to talk about this stuff more because i i, I really think that gone are the days where um you know it's it's manly or cool to mm. you know stream for 14 hours and then have like four hours sleep and then stream and do that like you know 
for for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. It's not healthy and it's it's not good for you, right? No, no, no. It should not be normalized. And I think that the I, I think that especially the big streams on Twitch have a responsibility to stop normalizing that. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, totally. I mean, they they think it's well, I don't know what they think now, like, but definitely there was this like aura surrounding like Twitch works or not Twitch, um so like Ninja works, Ninja works 18 hours a day. And it's and it's yeah, like right. is that really the goal? Is that what you you know, I don't think so either. So I don't think that that should be the goal in any industry. No. No. And I mean, you're taking you're in you're in HR. I mean, and they talk all, yeah. they they definitely talk a lot about that these days. Uh, you know, at the company that I that I help run, we, you know, we're really conscious of people and getting their days mm. off and, you know, if you have time, you take it because you know, first yeah. off, you've earned it. And second off, you need it, especially right now. Um, Absolutely. Trying to balance everything that's going on in people's lives is pretty insane. So I want to talk, switching gears just a little bit, you lead um, a stream team called mm-hmm. called The Nook. And I, yes. I mean, I've seen a lot of stream teams. I'm familiar um, with the concept, but talk a little bit about what a team is if people don't know and what being a stream team means. And then we'll dive into some of the other details. Yeah, sure. Um, so a team on Twitch can be a lot of things. Uh, the very basic part of it is that if you go to a stream and they're on a team, it'll show under their title, it'll be a little tag where it says team, and then it'll be a link to the team page. The team page will have a list of all the streamers that are on the team, and it'll usually have like some information about what the team does, how to reach them, uh, what kind of stuff they do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I personally think that stream teams are extremely underutilized on Twitch. Mm. Twitch doesn't offer you anything except for that one team page that you can't really do anything with. You can't upload anything. You can't highlight anything. You can only type in a text box and then you can show which streamers are on the team. So that's a very basic part of what a stream team is. Um, And then with the Nook, like we're going to be talking a little bit more about that later, but we had a very, very specific vision for what we wanted to do and what we wanted the team to be. Mm-hmm. And for us, like using other sources for uh, for planning, organizing, and for doing things has been extremely valuable. Like we mostly do things in Discord. Uh, so it's kind of on ex- external sites than Twitch. Going Live is brought to you by Nodecraft. Do you love multiplayer servers? Ever thought about hosting your own? If you have, check out Nodecraft. I've been using Nodecraft for my community server and for servers of pop-up projects I'm working on. And I'll be honest, I've never experienced a smoother, more reliable service than theirs. If you use my special URL, you'll get 30% off your Nodecraft subscription. Just go to nodecraft.com slash r slash Mr. Washburn and get 30% off your next multiplayer adventure. Again, that URL is nodecraft.com slash r slash Mr. Washburn. So what is the value in general for being on the team? And then what do you think the Nook does differently in terms of bringing value? Because like you said, there's there's very little discoverability or, or functionality within the team's function as well. Mm. You just click on a team and then you see who's live, I guess, and you can watch them. But that's 
kind of it. Um, yeah. So where are people seeing value in, and how are you adding value outside of the little value that, that Twitch is adding to this function? Uh, it's funny that you mentioned discoverability first because you actually can't even search for teams on Twitch. Uh, right. Literally, the only way of finding a team on Twitch is having a direct link or seeing what the streamer is on. It's yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> one talk of the about under talk about underutilized. Yeah, right. It's such right. a simple little thing that they could do. Right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> one of the main things that a Twitch offers is generally for the streamer. Uh, it offers the streamer a place to network, get to know other streamers, talk about streaming in general, and participate in team events. I would say that those things are the like most valuable things when it comes to being on a team. Basically, finding a community of your own that you can share things with, bounce ideas back and forth, get feedback, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, when it comes to the Nook and what we do differently, um, I, I think that one of the main things for us is that we have been very, very selective in who we have let in. We have a team of currently, I think it's 35 people, and that's over a little bit over a year. So we don't have a lot of members, and what that means is that all the members know each other really, really well. And we're best friends, we like each other, we want to hang out, and we actively promote each other because we really like each other's streams. So our communities hear about the Nook all the time. Our viewers hear us talk about the Nook and share things that happen with the team constantly to the point of them making jokes about how often we talk about the team. Um, and we also do a lot of team events. And I think that that's one of the most important things that we have done is we've spent a lot of time on actively doing things as a team. Uh, in July of last year, which was about five, six months after the team was created, we did a 100-hour consecutive charity run for To Write Love on Her Arms. So that was 100 consecutive hours where wow. every streamer had three or four hours, and then we raided onto the next streamer. So that was like a, a fantastic way of just sharing communities, uh, like making sure that people watching the team got to know other streamers on the team. And we noticed a very significant increase in shared communities after we did that event. And we've continued doing events like that. We do multiplayer events on team channel. We do a team podcast as well that is run by one of our team members. Um, we do multiple charity events. We do like we do things that people are interested in. People people want to watch it, and therefore by watching those events, they might get exposed to other team members, and therefore we like share communities a lot. So that's super interesting. Um, I love the idea that it seems like there's a couple different aspects of community at play here that are super interesting. There's the aspect of community um, uh, for the sh like the streamers community, the people that are watching their stream, and then the idea of bringing you know Twiggy's community to to Jim, mm. and then Jim you know getting exposed to new new listeners, new viewers, because you bring your friends, your your community over there, and vice versa. So there's that that kind of interplay. But then there's also the community amongst the team members that seems like that's that's something that might be a little bit different than a lot of other teams. So 
let's talk about I'm I'm really super interested in that second community aspect yeah. um in particular and and talk a little bit about how you support each other how you work together and and how you find new members and and how you feel like they can become part of this it seems really supportive engaging community of creators together yeah, sure. Um, so in terms of like finding new members, we have an open, it's not an application per se, but it's an open interest form on our team Twitter. And uh, like that's how we know who, it, it's more or less an application, but we don't call it an application because we don't want any pressure on people applying. Um, but one of the most important things when we accept new members is we need to be able to trust them. We need to know that they will fit into the social circle that is our current team. Because, like I said, we're all really good friends and it would take very little to sort of break that up and create distrust mm -hmm. and sort of split up the group. So we're extremely cautious when taking in new members. Uh, of the last three members that we took in, two of them were existing mods of like existing members. So we knew them really well. We knew that they would fit in and we knew that they would get along with everyone else because they already did. So in the team Discord, where like 90% of, of our communication happens is, uh, is in the Discord. And we have a very open space in the Discord. We have channels for pretty much anything. We have like the chatting section has like 10 channels. And then we have like 10 channels for streaming in particular. So we highly encourage people to share if they have streaming questions, if they just want to brag about a good stream, we have a channel for that. And if someone is like close to reaching a goal, we we all hype together and we really like utilize the strength in our team and we we help push for that goal. And then we talk mm. about a lot of real shit. We talk about mental health. We talk about things that suck. We talk about like we, we have a, a channel specifically for more serious topics. And if someone shares that they're having like something going on in their lives that sucks at the moment, it is incredible to see people just gather around and really really be there offer advice offer support and you don't get that unless you have a high level of trust and i think mm -hmm, that's like mm -hmm. the biggest thing that we have we have a high level of trust and that's because everyone gets along we hang out in voice chats if we're lonely we ping people and we're like hey does anyone just want to chat for a moment and we've built that up it took a while before people were like ready to open up but when the first couple of people started opening up it was very special because then everyone else followed and that sort of just continued. That's awesome. I'm curious about the future too. I mean, I say this every episode of this podcast. Uh, I spend the last few minutes talking about plans because all streamers have plans. Yes. <laughs> it's one of the things that uh, gravitates um, me towards this aspect of content creation because I'm also a guy who always has plans. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the future of the team. How do you how do you feel like the Nook is going? Where do you see the Nook going in the future? We have a lot of vague plans, and then we have some specific plans. Um, we are in the process of planning our summer charity event again. We're going to replicate what we did last year when we raised over $50,000 for Two Right Love in Her Arms. Wow. Um, and now we have like a way, way stronger and bigger community. So we think that we can, we can definitely beat that. Um, so we're planning that. We're planning future team events. We're doing uh, like long-term Minecraft events. We're planning something similar to that. 
So we have like we have a list of events that we want to do, of uh, charity events, just gaming events, just fun one-off streams, et cetera, et cetera. So we we always have a list of things that we want to do, and that list is kind of girthy right now. We also we we are bringing in more members, but that is a very very slow process. I think that right now we're planning on bringing in two specific people in 2021. Uh, of course, that could also change, um, but that's like the specific plans that we ha have right now in terms of bringing in more people. And like, I, I think that one of the most things that we want to do is more collaborations, I think, in terms of like future plans. We want to collaborate with artists. We want to collaborate with other teams. We want to collaborate with other streamers that can sort of bring value that we don't already have in the team. There's a lot of things that we want to do, and a lot of them we don't really know how to get there, but we'll get there in some way. That's awesome. And what are your goals? Like, uh, you know, so you have a lot of things coming up. Your school is just about to be done. You're mm. kind of trying to get a, a part-time job. Where do you see yourself maybe in five years from now related to, to what you're doing? Oof, five years is a lifetime on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, how about a year? Where do, you, where do you see yourself in the next year going into 2022? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, I, I am hoping that I can make it as a full-time streamer without having to worry about having a job, without having to worry about any of that, and just be a 100% full-time streamer because that would be really really good for me I think um so of course like a lot of people talk about the thing that you should only stream to have fun and don't worry about mm. numbers and all but when you have like those ambitions you have to think about numbers sure so I have a lot of like strategies in my mind for how to eventually achieve that whether or not they'll pan out who knows but uh yeah I'm trying to balance like both doing my own things and at the same time doing things for the team because um I think that those two are kind of connected at this point. Anything that yeah. I do will benefit the team and anything the team does will benefit me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have high hopes for both and I'm hoping that we'll get there. That's awesome. Well, high hopes are important. You have to have high hopes in content creation. I you think always, so. You always have to be ambitious and, and not afraid. I, I think that that's the one thing that I've learned um, over the, over the years, um, where can people learn more about you? Where can they go to connect with you on social media? Plug your Twitch channel. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, I have a. I've been lucky enough to get the same username on pretty much all platforms. So, it's Twiggy in one word is uh, is how you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, then we also have a Discord, of course. The invite link is not one of those easy vanity URLs, so I can't really easily share that on the podcast. Uh, but that will be linked on my Twitch page. Fantastic. Uh, Twiggy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been delightful. Thanks for listening to Going Live. My name is Mike Washburn. You can catch me Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays streaming live at twitch.tv slash Mr. Washburn. It would be amazing to see you in my stream. We can chat games, technology, and talk about the podcast and guests. Again, that's twitch.tv slash Mr. Washburn. I really hope to see you there. If you want to get in touch with me, check out the website at goinglivepodcast.com. 
You can connect with me on Twitter at Mr. Washburn or on Instagram at Mr. Washburn Twitch. I'd love to know who you think we should talk to next. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, I'd be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave me a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost and this helps others to discover the show. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and we'll see you soon.